0: Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church, right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Last weekend, we kicked off a brand new series called Worth Fighting For, because there are some things you're gonna have to fight for this year. There's some battles, that you're gonna have to face. There's some things that the enemy has taken away from you and your family. And let me tell you, it's time to get it back. Like I ain't gonna put up with this mess anymore, amen? There are some blessings that God actually wants you to walk in this year, but you're gonna have to fight to get there. And so these series, this series that we're in is about getting you battle ready. Because I wanna make sure that you're winning at what matters most. Because you can win at a lot of things in life, but if it's the wrong thing, you lost. I want you winning at what matters most. So last week, we started looking at the life of this guy called Nehemiah out of the Old Testament. And Nehemiah wasn't a king or a prophet or a priest. He was just an ordinary guy that God used in an extraordinary way to accomplish something that people before him had tried for decade upon decade upon decade. And God used him to accomplish it. And he started off in his story being a servant to the king in Babylon. Yeah, he was, he was an indentured slave, a waiter to the king in Babylon, which is modern day Iran and Iraq. And, and it says that he gets permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem because the walls have been in ruin and the people's lives were in ruin. And so he goes back and the walls have been torn down for generations that people had been living at the mercy of their enemies for year upon year, to the point that their lives were ruined, hope was destroyed, the future looked bleak, and and because the walls were down, we discussed this last week, the temple couldn't function the way it was supposed to function, because the enemy would come in and take all the sacrifices and all the parts of the temple away, so the people stopped connecting with God to the point that generations were growing up not knowing about God. And when this news gets to Nehemiah, he pulls a Popeye. For those of you old enough to know who Popeye is. He says, it's all I can stand. I can't stand no more, right? He says, I gotta do something. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I gotta do something. And we talked about how the walls being down and the people's lives being messed up, that wasn't, Nehemiah's fault. He wasn't responsible that that happened, but he took responsibility for something that he wasn't even responsible for. And we're praying in this season that a spirit of Nehemiah is gonna get on our church and we're gonna take responsibility for things that are broken down around us, in our culture, in our community, in our lives, and we're gonna build them back up in Jesus' name, Amen? amen? Now, as soon as Nehemiah got to Jerusalem, as soon as he started doing what God told him to do, the enemy started attacking him. The enemies didn't want the walls rebuilt. The enemies wanted to be able to come into Jerusalem, do what they want, take what they want, when they want. They wanted control over the people. And can I tell you, your enemy wants the same thing. He wants control over your life. He's not gonna want you to build up any spirit. He wants to come in whenever he wants to mess with you, cause conflict and division and strife in your relationships and in your home. He just, which is why you better learn how to build up some walls. And I know you know this because some of y'all last week, right? You came to church last week, and you were so filled with the presence of God and inspired. You're like, I'm going to do this thing. Man, kicking off a new year, you're writing your little prayer request on the walls out there. Yeah, I'm going to do the 21 days of prayer. In fact, like, I'm going to build some spiritual walls back in my life. And before you got out of the parking lot, <laughs> right, before you pulled out on the North Lake Boulevard, the devil was already up in your business, <laughs> messing with you, fussing, fighting with the cow. Shut up. was just like because he doesn't want you to rebuild these walls. Right. You thought this week, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what Pastor Todd said, I'm gonna get up early, I'm gonna get my Bible out and I'm gonna get a journal and I'm gonna write my prayers out to God and the choir of heaven is gonna sing hallelujah, right? <laughs> and the kids got sick and the toilet backed up and they called from the office and had a problem and people were fussing and cussing at you all week long as if all of hell was against you building up these spiritual walls because they are. The devil will do anything in his power yeah. to stop you from building up the spiritual walls in your life, in your family, around your marriage, in your soul. He will do, it, which is why when you tried to pray this week, you probably were more distracted than you ever were. You probably, if you were fasting, you smelled every hamburger that was being grilled in Palm Beach County right? <laughs> That's why you probably fussed with your spouse more this week than you have, because the, the devil doesn't want you to pray together. He doesn't want you to build up these things. here. He doesn't want you to lay a spiritual foundation that the walls of God can be built strong in your life. He will do whatever he can do to not let you rebuild the walls. Build them anyway. When Nehemiah got to Jerusalem, he faced the same kind of opposition. This is what it says in chapter four, verse one. Sambalot was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the walls. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap, charred ones at that? And then Tobiah, the Ammonite, he jumped in. Um, He remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it, right? Can you hear they were just kind of yeah. mocking them, trying to in- intimidate them? Can I tell you, when you try to do the thing God's called you to do, you better expect the same battle. And some of you got it this week. Like you, you're like, okay, I'm gonna do the fasting. I'm gonna do this fasting. And somebody heard you were fasting, you're like, what are you fasting and praying? For? As if God's gonna hear your prayers after what you did last week? Mm-hmm, hey, hey. right? You, you tried, mom and dad, you tried to pray with the kids. You got them all around you, and they're all snickering, <laughs> laughing. Pray anyway, mom and dad. Keep building the walls. Some of you tried to do what was right at work this week, and you got put down for it. Keep doing what was right. If Nehemiah had listened to the voice of the enemy and been intimidated, he would have let self-doubt keep him from stepping out and doing what God had called him to do. He would have thought, well, maybe I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I can't do this, maybe this is too big, maybe this is too too difficult, maybe there's a reason that nobody else. Listen, if you listen to the voice of your enemy, you will never step into your destiny. You will constantly be listening to the questions and the self-doubts that come up. And as I, as I was praying this week for you and about this message, God changed my message. I had a whole other sermon planned and about Thursday afternoon I kept knowing, ah, it's not right, I wish you had told me this on Monday. But I was praying, I'm like, Lord, what is it that you wanna say um, to your people from this story? And very clearly he told me, he said people are not ready to deal with the opposition that's coming against them, spiritually. Like you're not spiritually prepared for what the enemy is throwing at you, and so you're giving up on what you've gotta build up. Some of that is just a flat out attack from the enemy, like you can just know the devil is mad today. Other times he uses people and he, he can get somebody to say something or do something or some situation. And man, sometimes the attacks are in, internal and, um, and you start dealing with self doubt. Like maybe I can never walk in freedom. Maybe I got this problem, this addiction in my life is just, it's too overwhelming. Or maybe it's in discouragement because man, the, the walls have been in ruin around your life and your family and your marriage for so long, you're not even sure that it could possibly be built back up. Can I tell you, that is all just the devil trying to get you to give up before you ever get started. And I've come today to give somebody a battle plan for how you're gonna stand against the devil's attack this week because you've got an enemy and your enemy is not some little red cartoon character wearing red tights sitting on your shoulder trying to get you to eat a cookie, ma'am. He doesn't care about that cookie. He's after your soul. He's after your marriage. He's after your kids. He wants to rob and pillage your joy and your peace of mind. Um, There's a couple names given to our enemy in the Bible. In the Old Testament, uh, the name Satan in the Hebrew translates to adversary. He is opposed to and against everything that is good and God in your life. So when you try to build up what is good and God in your life, just expect that he's going to be there opposed to it. In the New Testament, uh, they use the word devil, uh, and in the Greek, that means accuser. So he he comes to accuse you to bring up all the places where you messed up in your past, as if you don't already know. But man, he keeps throwing it up there, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anytime the devil keeps bringing up your past, you should be encouraged, because he's running out of new material, hey, right? (laughs) When the devil brings up my past, I'm like, I just bring up his future. I'm like, yeah, devil, my past is under the blood of Jesus, but I've read the end of the story and you're going down, bud. So. so the enemy comes after Nehemiah, not just one time, but time after time, day after day, all through this process, even after the wall was built. And this is the new scripture God showed me this share in, in chapter six, verse one, Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies, there were more, found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and there were no gaps that remained, though we had not yet set up the doors in the gates. Now I, I almost preached a whole message right there. Because some of you have done the work to build the walls, but you've not set the gates. And the gates are where the enemy can still come in. You've got doors wide open in your life that you need to bolt shut because the enemy knows it's open but that's not my sermon, let me keep going. So Sambalot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet uh, meet them at one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. Oh no, I ain't going to Oh no. Right? Turn and tell your neighbor, Oh no, we ain't going to Oh no. Just tell him, we're not going. Not going to Oh no. Four times, Nehemiah got an invitation from the enemy. Now, we've all gotten invitations before. This one came in the mail this week to Julie. Uh, it's, a, it's a baby shower invitation for uh, Philip and Lindsey, our friends. They just had a, a little miracle baby, Miles, and great, cute little invitation, and it's only to Julie, woo, so I don't have to go to a baby shower. <laughs> I'll help pay for the gift, but <laughs> So, so they got, they got, you get invitations all the time, right? Sometimes they're formal, they come in the mail, sometimes it's somebody saying, hey, come over. But if it's written out, it's gonna have one of these little things on here, please RSVP. Anybody know what that stands for? Respond vous plaît We, madame oui, oui yes. Respond, please. You get an invitation. You're supposed to respond to the invitation. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when you get an invitation from the enemy? What do you do when, when he sends you an invitation to step down from everything that you are building, your life? your family, your character, your integrity, your walk with God, and he invites you to step down from that because you're gonna get an invitation. In fact, you'll probably get one before the day is out. You may get a couple, right? And I wanna help you know how to respond when the devil sends you an invitation. What do you do when the devil invites you to step aside? Here's what Nehemiah, notice Nehemiah's enemy, he says, just, just come over here so we can talk. Yeah, we, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna talk, which is usually how the enemy starts, right? We're just gonna, we're just gonna talk about it. Let me, let me talk about how, how they treated you. Can't believe they did that to you. Let's talk about that. Once you talk about what you ought to say to them? Oh, you, you know what you can't say. You know what you should have said, right? Once you call them up right now? You, can you believe they did that to your family? You, and, you, and it starts with the conversation. Oh, man, can't believe your husband did that to you. Can't believe your wife treated you that way. Does she not know what you need? I bet I bet some so and so at the office knows what you need. Mm-hmm. I bet Betty knows what you need. I bet Betsy and Brittany and all that. I bet they I bet they know what you need, right? And the enemy just starts talking. All starts right here conversation. Uh, Once you look at that, oh look look at that, man. You get that. Ooh, you're gonna be good. You're gonna be happy if you can just get that. If you just get them, oh then you're gonna get everything you need. It always he's always started with a conversation. Go back to Genesis chapter three. He started a conversation with Eve long before she did anything. Just let's talk about this thing. Let's, let's talk about it. And he starts these conversations to try to fill our minds with some messed up thinking. And as I was praying this week, and I was praying for you, and I'm like, God, why are there people that I know? that They, they love you with all their heart, and they're trying to rebuild these walls. But man, by the time they hit Tuesday or Wednesday, they've, they've given up. And as I was listening to what he was saying, it's just they, they don't know what to do when they get one of these. And they're gonna get a couple of those. You know what I'm saying? Here's what you need to know. The devil can tempt you, but he can't make you do anything. Not if the spirit of God is alive in you. No, 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 no. He can tempt you. I've heard people say before, oh, the, the devil made me do it. Right? <laughs> the devil made me. The devil can't make you do anything. The devil made me. I don't think he did make you do it. I think you did it. I think you drove to Publix. I think you bought both pints of ice cream and I think you ate them both yourself. Yeah. I didn't see him putting it in your cart. I didn't see him paying for it. That was you. Yeah. Devil, didn't make, devil can't make you do anything. Not if the spirit of God is alive in you. A couple things you need to know. First, you need to know that temptation is not a sin. Just because you get tempted to do stuff or say stuff or act a certain way. That's not a sin, temptation is not a sin. Jesus was tempted and he never sinned. So you get that lustful thought that comes in, you take it captive. You don't have to like sit there. What you do with it, you get anger in your spirit about something. Bible says in your anger, do not sin. So getting angry is not sinful, what you do with it is sinful, right? So temptation isn't a sin, it's a battle cry. Wow. Oh, okay, man, I'm getting tempted, man, I gotta fight. I gotta text Jimmy, pray for me, man. We gotta talk, I, I gotta get into a battle here so I don't, I don't give in. My dad used to tell me this, he said, Todd, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, those thoughts, that, but you can sure stop them from building a nest in your hair. Like I can, not no, you can't, right? Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. That's kind of good news. You're not being tempted in any way that other people haven't been tempted. And God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a what? A way out so that you can endure. He's always gonna have an escape door. There's always gonna be a way out. He's always gonna be there. So this promise is no temptation is gonna be more than you can handle. And you may say, well, wait a minute, Ty. There's a lot of times it feels like more than I can handle. Well, maybe it's because you're trying to handle it. Maybe you're, you're trying in your own power to handle it, but your willpower is, is not enough. That's why um, maybe somebody brings a box of donuts to the office. Have you ever had that? Where they bring a box of donuts, maybe they did it this week, and you're like, do you not know I'm on the fast? Right? And so you, the morning you're like, oh no, I'm not eating that stuff. That's trash. I'm not eating that. Not, I don't need that. I'm, I need you, Jesus. I just need you. Right, And then about lunch, a couple of times, second, second time you walk by, you're like, well, let me just look and see what kind they, they brought in. I'm not gonna eat any, but oh, they got the pink frosted, oh, I love that guy. Is that your favorite, ma'am? Yeah. By lunchtime, you're walking by and you're going, well, I'm not gonna eat it, but let me smell it. Oh. Right? And then by the afternoon, you've cut off a little piece, you've run to your office, you've jammed it in your mouth, and you think you've done good because you waited till 3 p.m. The problem is you are relying on your own willpower. Willpower is like a, like a muscle. If you go to the gym and you work out your muscles, your muscles break down and get weary. And so willpower, you can, get, you can start strong, but after you've used, that's why I can eat good all day. Like I can be, I can miss the donuts. I can skip all of that crap all day long. And then by the time I get home, I open up the snack drawer and I'm just <laughs> eating everything I can find because my willpower is all gone. Maybe uh, maybe that's why you can be patient with people at work all day long, and then you get home, and you snap at your kids or your spouse. It's because you've used up all your willpower. Here's the point. You need more than willpower. You need Holy Spirit power. You can't do it on your own. Which leads me to the second truth you need to know is that you're not as strong as you think you are. Some people think they're strong. Oh, never, I'd never do that. I'd never give in to that. I'd, oh, I can't believe they did that. Well, there's a verse of scripture right before that first Corinthians that we just read in verse 12, Paul says this. He says, watch yourself. The person that thinks he can stand against sin had better watch out that he doesn't fall into it because you and I are not as strong as we think we are. Remember David, King David. He is in the Bible. It says he is a man after God's own heart. Wouldn't you like that to be said about you? You're a man, a woman after God's own heart. And yet he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. So we better be on alert. It Says in first Peter chapter five, it says watch out for your great enemy. He is like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. Have you ever seen those, those documentaries in Africa? where um, there's a lion crouching in the tall grass, like, right? And then there's this little gazelle off to the side, just <laughs> clueless, clueless that right there, she's gonna be his lunch, right? And you watch it, and then all of a sudden, he jumps out, and the gazelle's down, right? Your enemy is just as deadly, and he's looking to try to take you out, so we better watch out. We got be on alert. Uh, James 1, 4 says this, it gives us a, some clue. Why don't we say this out loud together? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I wanna help you know how to resist the devil this week. I wanna help you know when you get one of these from the devil this week or today, that you know how to RSVP, no, I ain't going to, oh no, in Jesus' name, amen? I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you um, one practical step and one spiritual step. One practical thing that you can do today that will help you resist the devil so he will flee from you. Let's just say that um, for this illustration, that this line right here represents everything on that side is sin and everything over here is okay. What do most of us do when we face a, a situation or a circumstance a little bit you know uncertain what we're supposed to do maybe you don't clearly have a scripture to look to what do we what do we do we we like to live right on the line right like I know if that's sin I'm not going to do that but I want to see how close I can get anybody know what I'm talking about I don't act like you're that holy sir you're not you know yeah we all do that when I was a, a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor here at Christ Fellowship for many, many years, uh, I have guys that pull me aside and Pastor God, I just started dating her, hey. How far can we go? <laughs> like, 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 I know I'm not supposed to go over there, yeah. but how close to the line? <laughs> we like to live so close to the line that if somebody sneezes, we fall over. You know what I'm saying? or it could be a business deal. It's not illegal. Maybe just a little questionable, a little shady. And we wanna know how far can I push this so I can make as much money as I possibly. Could be what you're looking at on Netflix or YouTube or somewhere on your phone. And you're like, well, I don't think it's like wrong, wrong. They're not completely naked. (laughs) But you're trying to live so close to this line so what if we move the line? What if we say we're gonna move our own line? And that's the first practical step for this illustration. You gotta move the line. You gotta move your line so far back from sin that if you happen to step over your own line, you're not even close to sin. You're not even getting close to that mess. So what does that look like? Well, let's say uh, you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend and you just guys have a hard time keeping your hands off each other and maybe your relationship was living on the line and every once in a while stepped over the line, then what do you do? You move the line. You decide we're not even gonna hang out alone in each other's apartment because we know what happens when we do that. And we know God's got something better for our lives and we, we're gonna wait on that and so we're not gonna step into that and so we're gonna move our line. you are not even gonna go park your car in some secluded place where it's dark, quiet. Oh, Pastor Todd, we just wanna pray together yeah I bet you do for long you'll be speaking in tongues if you know what I mean. <laughs> move your line, move it back right? It could be even not a sin issue. It could just be a you need to move your line because you spend too much time on social media looking at everybody else's life. oh yeah you cons- and God's given you a life to live once you move your line back and set a timer on that app that it shuts down locks up after after 30 minutes right move your line it could be that, that you have a trouble with some stuff you're looking at online move your line move your computer don't even take it into your bedroom put it in the living room you ain't gonna look at it with mom watching right just move the line you don't even have to plug your phone in in your bedroom at night to charge did you know that You have plugs in your kitchen. Yeah, you can move the phone, move the plug, move. You can give your password. This is what I do. I give my password to Julie and somebody else on staff. They can see everything I'm looking at. They can get onto all of my social media, everything. Move your line. Move it so far back because here's the deal. There is nothing that the devil could ever tempt you to do or invite you to do that is worth what you're building what you've got building in your life, what God wants to do in your life, nothing is worth that. So move your line. What line do you need to move this week? That's the practical step. Now for the spiritual one. And if you've forgotten everything else I say up till now, that's okay, Don't, don't miss this because I have learned in my own life that I've tried in my own willpower, in my own strength to be good, to do what's right, to not, not step over the line. And there's only been one thing that I've ever found that helps me resist the devil. One thing. You have to depend completely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to rely and lean on and hold on to the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts that we have? In fact, I would say Beside our salvation, second only to your salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift you've ever had. The same power that raised Christ up from the dead lives on the inside of you. The same power that busted open that open tomb, that empty tomb, man, it lives right here, which means you're not trying to resist the devil on your own. You're gonna tap into a power source that lives inside of you, the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit so that you aren't relying on your own strength. This is what Romans 8, 12 says. Some of y'all need to memorize this verse. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You've got, say it with me, no obligation. You have no obligation. You have no, you do not have to say yes to crossing the line. You don't have to say yes to sin. You don't have to say yes when He gives you an invitation today to step away from the holy thing that God is doing in your life. You don't have to say yes. You have no obligation. If you are in Christ, now if you don't have Christ in your life and you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you are controlled by your sinful nature. But once you invite Christ to be Lord of your life and you ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life and He fills you with His power and His presence, that you no longer have to be held captive by whatever you wanna do and whatever is happening around you, you get to take authority. You can RSVP know. Look at that verse again. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You may really wanna do it. They may really wanna do it. You might urge to merge, urge to merge but you have no obligation to do any of that. You can say, no, that verse goes on to say, in the next verse, for if you live by its dictates, by the, by the dictates of your flesh, it says you will die. If you, keep, if you just keep doing whatever you wanna do, living whatever way you wanna live, Paul says you're gonna die. And you may hear that and go, die, that's kind of dramatic. Don't you think, Todd? Well, how many of you would say that that sin can be fun for a season, right? It's fun for a season. Anybody, okay, yeah, right? All the rest of you were either lying or you weren't doing it right. I mean. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, but it also says that season ends and the end leads to death. I heard one person say it this way, sin thrills and then it kills. You ask anybody that is an addict today, addicted to drugs or alcohol, uh, alcohol, something, man, when they started, it was fun. A hit, a drink, a pill, woo, a high, come on, woo. But now they are so addicted that their life is destroyed, their relationships are destroyed, and they don't know how to break free. They were told that was freedom, but now they are bound in chains. You ask for somebody, somebody that's uh, destroyed their marriage. They didn't plan to destroy their marriage. It was just one flirt, a one night stand, a one thing, and it was fun for a season, but now, man, it's left a, a trail behind them. Somebody addicted to pornography, it, they would not want to be addicted to pornography. There's one look, it was one swipe, it was one click. And now you don't know how to break free. You can't just keep doing what your sinful nature wants to do, Paul says, because it will lead. destruction. So we have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Paul gives us help in that in Galatians chapter 5. Look what he says. Because there is hope. No matter what, where you've been and what you've been doing, can I tell you today, there's hope. You can walk in freedom. You can have life. You can be set free. You can know the joy and the peace of God in your life. You can live the destiny. God's got a life full of destiny for you. And I don't want anything to rob it from you. And so here's how Paul says, here's how you depend on the Holy Spirit. He says, I say to you, walk habitually in the Spirit. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God or His ways. He says, walk habitually. Make it a habit to walk in the Spirit. Make it a habit, your habit, to learn the voice of God to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the little nudges where he says, go there, don't do that. Don't say that, don't, those are, that's the Holy Spirit. When you have him in your life, you say, Holy Spirit, guide me, right? Think about habits. Uh, when you brushed your teeth this morning, you didn't have to think about how you were gonna brush your teeth. Like you're going go, I need to squeeze the toothpaste and put it on there, and then I gotta brush up and down so I don't hurt my gums, right, Mark? So. Uh, uh, No, it's just a habit, because you do it two or three times every day. So what if two or three or four or five times every day, you're talking with the Holy Spirit? What if you were saying, Holy Spirit come and guide me today, speak to me today, fill me today, help me know what you're saying to me today. Let me listen for you. Is there anything you're trying to say to me? And you shut up and you listen. I can tell you what you're gonna do. You're You're gonna start learning how to habitually walk in the Spirit of God, and your spirit man is gonna get stronger. Do you know that what you feed grows? and what you starve dies. So if you keep feeding your sinful nature and keep doing whatever the sinful nature wants to do, guess what? That keeps growing and the control of that keeps growing. But if you starve that, it dies. And if you feed your spirit man through prayer and the word and leaning into the things of God, then your spirit man is gonna be strong. And then you're gonna be able to say like Nehemiah when he got the invitation from the enemies, oh no, I ain't going to, oh no. And then he goes on to say this, Last verse, Nehemiah 6.3, says, I am doing a great work. Why should I stop to come and talk with you? Because I'm doing a great work. Can I tell you, you are doing a great work. You are doing a great work to build up the things of God in your life to try to get your family centered back around the things of God, that is a great work. It is a holy work. You're trying to figure out how to pray with your spouse. That is a great work. You're trying to understand how to read the Bible. That is a great work. Everything that you are doing to build up the spiritual walls in your life is a great work. And there is no invitation from your enemy that is worth you stepping down from that great work. So get back on the wall. Get back on the wall this week. You might've been off the wall this week. Get back on the wall this week and build that thing up strong. So what are you gonna do when you get an invitation from the enemy? First, we're gonna move the line. What line do you need to move this week? And secondly, we are gonna depend not on our own power or own strength. We are gonna depend on the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. I wanna pray two prayers over us today. The first prayer is really, I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. I really sensed as I was praying that we just need to uh, tell God we're sorry because there's been things in our life that we've allowed, we've gotten used to, normal to, because everybody's doing it and everybody says it's okay. Um, and so we're just going to start there by saying, telling God we're sorry. And then we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us with His power and strength today for this week. And uh, the second prayer that I wanna pray is gonna be for those of you that need to get your relationship with Jesus right. Because you will never experience the joy and the strength and life and the destiny that God, the creator of life, created for you to live apart from a relationship with him. And maybe um, today your relationship isn't where it needs to be. Today's the day to get that right. So that second prayer is gonna be for you. I love you guys so much. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word that teaches us um, and instructs us where to go and when we're wrong, how to correct. And I believe, Holy Spirit, you've been speaking to some of us today about some areas where, we, where we've been wrong, where we've stepped um, over the line and we've ignored your lines and we've just, we just, we're sorry. We're sorry. And you say, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we confess. Right in this moment, right where you are, what do you need to confess to God? You can just pray it from your heart to him, he hears you. Just tell them you're sorry, sorry, God, forgive me. And then Lord, I pray that you would fill each one of us today with the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would walk in that power this week. The Holy Spirit, would you teach us your voice, help us to make it a habit of walking with you and relying on your strength, not on our own willpower this week, to resist the invitations of the enemy. And as we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, I, I need to get my relationship with Jesus right. Cause I know it's not where it needs to be. I'm gonna pray this prayer and guide you in this prayer. But this is really your prayer just to say, I want, I want Jesus to step in and make everything new on the inside of me. I wanna live the life he's got for me to live. And if that's you and you'd say, include me in this prayer, right where you are, would you just raise your hand up and let me see that? Yeah, all the way from the front to the back. Yeah, hold it up high so I can see it. Yeah, all the way on the sides. Okay, we're gonna pray this prayer together, but those of you with your hands up, this is your prayer. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Forgive me of all my sin. Forgive me of all my sin. For going my own way. For going my own way. Today I turn. Today I turn. And I'm gonna follow you. And I want to follow you. The best I know how. The best I know how. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Help me thank God for all those that made that decision today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.